So good morning, good afternoon. I'm Bill Connor, and you've reached the Digital Shop Talk Radio, where we gather with our panelists to go ahead and, and learn uh, what's going on in the digital shop. Today, I'm here with Mark Miller, owner of Preferred Auto Center. Welcome, Mark. This is the first time with us. Um, we're going to get some great information out of you before we're done today. Monique Mondragon, product analyst for Shopware. Welcome, Mon Monique. Um, good to have you here. And Autobottle's uh, founder, Uwe Kleinsmith, is here as well. Join us today where we have a discussion about how the Shopware Auto Bottles integration empowers service advisors to increase weekly revenue, and the end result is increasing revenue per employee. And what's in it for the technician, of course, is more completed hours per day. So these are all good things. So what are some examples of, of how this is done, the advantages, and maybe some pitfalls that you might run into as you're changing point of sales or, or going full digital? As always, teamwork is required in the sh shop to provide great results. You're going to take away some tips today about the Shopware Auto Vitals integration, empowering service advisors to increase weekly revenue for the shop. As always, you'll learn from our guest panelists who operate shops just like yours or our industry professionals. So if you wouldn't mind, how about um, getting us started here? Oh, sure. Thanks, Monique. Thanks, Mark, for joining. It's going to be fun. Mark, I have to say though, we're talking about the digital shop and you have a printer behind you. <laughs> oh, that's a fax machine. Oh, that's a fax machine. <laughs> which, I don't, which, I don't, which, which I don't use anymore. So it's just, <laughs> I, make just I, make, kidding. I make copies with it. <laughs> it's pretty customary for shop owners to collect antiques anyway. So it's right, right on target. So, so uh, on a more serious note, we have been having uh, panelists where we explore together how to basically attack the two biggest challenges in terms of where we're spending a lot of time on, and that is the estimating process for the service advisor, and that is the technician to really create productive hours, right? And so, so I know there's more to it, but those were the two biggest or all the two biggest were simply by investing in the right tools and then in, in the process, the gain is just um, unbelievable or can be. And yes, switching tools is always a challenge, but if the outcome, if the light at the end of the tunnel is not an incoming train, it's worth doing. And uh, the example today is um, shopware and the auto vitals integration. And, and Mark, thank you for allowing us to talk about your numbers and about your shop. And I, I would love you to start with, you know, just introduce yourself. How big is your shop? When did you start? And, and then a little bit, how was the transition from when you started to today? Okay, well, I'm lots just, of questions. Sorry. Yeah, so I've been I've been in business for since 1984. Um, I, I I used to have two locations when I didn't know what I was doing, and it didn't work out too well. So now I've downsized to one. Uh, we're a six space shop. Um, you know, we're just uh, been in the same community since 86. This, this shop opened in 86, so we've been here a long time. 
uh, as far as uh, I, I, I ran the same program since the 80s before um, really anybody was running a, 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 a management program. And then I met Auto Vitals, which completely changed the dynamic of the shop. So what was the other questions? Bear, bear with me. Um, so, so maybe a little bit. So six space, yeah. um, uh, two service advisors, four techs, if I'm, oh, I have, remember I have, the well, correct. Well, I'm down to uh, one service advisor and an estimator, and then I help a little bit. Oh, I see. And I have uh, actually three and a half techs, not four and a half. It's three and a half techs. I have three B techs and then a, a lube tech who does a lot of GS. Yeah, the general service. Everybody kind of does everything, but he does most of the general servicing and sets up the, you know, the weeks. Um, uh, what else? It's, uh, if you compare, or maybe we can talk AOO if that's okay with you. AOO maybe before you switched to Auto Vital Shopware and AOO now. Yeah, well, my ARO was probably, I mean, we thought when we did $5,000 a week, it was wonderful. You know, I mean, it was, and I've always been a inspection person. I've always had a inspection process with inspection sheets. Thought I did a great job. Um, so the average RO was 175 to 250. You know, it was, it, I thought it was, we were doing wonderful. So switching over. Wow completely changed that. So yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. You know, I thought I knew everything. It does. <laughs> what, what is it now, the arrow? 720 to 750. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, if you set up your, you know, you set up your, your auto vitals and I probably could do a better job now than I, than I, cause I haven't really, really gone back and we add things all the time, but there's, there's, I'm sure there's, better ways and faster ways so but it's amazing and and maybe we can ask so you have been fully immersed in the shop before all those changes and now you preparing your Excellent. transitioning out yes and, but the revenue keeps increasing and you have now more, more people. How is that even possible? We right? just, because the productivity we can create. Yeah, you know, we, with the way we do the inspections, the way we do the estimating. I mean, an estimate before used to take, you know, 45 minutes sometimes to do a, a written estimate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then if you have to refer back to it, it's hard. it was just cumbersome. But that's the only way we knew how to do it. So in my right. my previous management system had an estimating system in it, but it was like, a box of rocks it didn't work very well so um with shopware we've got them down to probably 15 minutes to do wow. a, a pretty large estimate and the good thing is it saves it on the ticket so you know so does that mean your service riders are also more skilled in the industry now or has there been some changes on the front counter also as far as you know who's on the counter well my my daughters have came to work for me two years ago and know nothing about cars, you know, they didn't even know what the temperature gauge meant. They thought it was hot or cold. I mean, uh, low or high or whatever, the oil. But, <laughs> but um, just her being in here and the th stuff they've learned, you know, they, they know 
how to sell. You know, I mean, it's um, I don't do a lot of the sales anymore. I kind of stepped out of that that portion of my work. I just help them, you know, explain to them how things work. And uh, it, it, it's uh, if you got a good person in place, you know, the estimator helps a lot because the service writer, she also estimates, they both do estimating, but we can do, we can, with four guys, we can get all the estimates done by 10 o'clock. Yeah, and your daughter was uh, also mentioning that she's using the past services really heavily in shopware. So she doesn't know the industry, but luckily she's able to refer back to services you'd written in the past, which speeds up that process. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I noticed your technicians are doing a really good job getting a lot of pictures for the service writers also. Does that help go ahead and train those people from outside of the industry on what things look like and good and bad and, and so on. And then having the estimating built into the software that kind of takes it to the next level. Yeah, as long as the pictures are good and, and you can they can understand them. I mean, that, to me, it's like the service writers I have are like my customers. They don't know what a caliper is. They don't know what a brake pad is. But seeing the pictures and seeing the videos that are associated with them, absolutely you know we get to i'm training my people and their customers at the same time so mm -hmm. education, everybody's getting an education including the text so yeah that all works out very well it's a lot easier to, to sell um work when you when you can send somebody a video of a loose tie rod in you know and they can see that it's ready to fall off it kind of sells itself basically. How, how did that go with your text? Were there, since you were already uh, doing inspections pretty thoroughly, was there pushback by the text, you know, needing to do more work or uh, how did that go and how long did it take? Well, it's been a long time, but it was, I mean, we all, we all had a little bit of pushback on it because it seemed, it seemed like it took longer just because mm -hmm. we didn't know how, how to do it. But now, um, you know, I explained to everybody what we were doing. We took one tablet out there and had one guy, my best guy doing it, just, just, to, just to see how it worked. Um, there's definitely a learning curve, but once you get it down, they all love it. They, they, they don't want to write anything down anymore. Um, the communication is better. They, they're, they're making way more money because they're, 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 they can't really miss much with the way we have it set up. So it's a win-win all the way around. There's just no no doubt about it. Very cool. So, so how quickly were they on board after you got that initial pushback? I'm curious to know, Mark. As far as the auto vitals, a couple of weeks. Okay. Take, it doesn't wow. take long. As soon as they see the benefit and they see their paychecks go up and they see their you know three, four hours per ticket, we're now we're doing eight hours per ticket. Um, we can lower the car count and we can manage the day better. So it's, it's the whole thing is just a huge process. And once you get it down, you know, you can kind of control the whole thing like a horse, you know, you just, you know, there's days when it doesn't work out when we have too many cars, you know, when you have too many cars, because all your numbers go down. So, and you truly, your car count is down, but your numbers are up. Right. So yeah. We're, we're, at, we're sometimes we're at 52 cars. We're trying to get it down to 38 because we, we, we notice when we do less cars, we spend more time on each car. We're able to spend more time doing our job. 
so we could manage that whole expectation. So, or maybe you get two locations again now that you know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I am looking at that right now. So, because <laughs> we're running out of. You so what's, know. what's kind of interesting when you talk about change? You started out with auto bottles in 2013, and I could remember back then because we started out with the digital inspection, then we went to workflow and so on. So you've been you know, Auto Vitals was kind of really proactive about changing with the industry and adding other tools. So you've been changing along with Auto Vitals as it went along and changed the inspection results and so on. Yeah. So on any of them changes, did you get any pushback from your staff or did they just kind of go ahead and, and just change is now the new norm in your shop and they just adapt as you go along? Yeah, the, the only if, issue of beginning was there was a change every day. It was like every single day or every single week, something would come in the morning and something would be different. That was that was a little bit of a problem, but I don't think they even notice change anymore when it comes to auto vitals as far as what we do, because you know everything just kind of flows. So no, there's no there's no pushback. You're not when you understand it, the learning curve drops down to pretty much nil. And I with me with shopware, I don't know, Monique, I was always always having an issue. I still have a few issues with myself doing things, but the more I'm doing it the easier it is for me to, to do it because I've do I've had the same program for so long I could do it sleeping. Yeah, you said since 84. So from yeah. 84 to a year ago, that's a lot it's of a, it's a it was a huge change for me, but I'm so happy I did it. Yeah. I mean but looking cool. at looking at the graph that we looked at yesterday, uh I oh let's let's look at it now. Yeah, that's I okay, think Bill. it sounds like a no-brainer for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So let's let's see if we can't just go ahead and find that little critter. Yeah. What was your the system you were on before? Uh, uh, it's called uh, um, SDR software, which originally was Competitive Edge. Back in the eighties, it was built on a on a Macintosh frame, so for people that didn't know how to use a computer, it was really good. It still stands up today. I still believe it's a really great program, but. It, it can't do the things that your that software does. So I'm, I'm now done with that. I still have it to look back as a, as a file cabinet, <clears throat> but going back to that now is like driving a Model T. <laughs> oh. So what's kind of interesting here is I've just pulled up a, a kind of a short time frame here from, you know, just the first month of 2021 to, you know, 630. And it's pretty interesting that we've got the weekly revenue and the ARO both growing. So you're not growing the ARO at the expense of weekly revenue and you've reduced your cars at the same time. And you can see along this timeline that, you know, going up until we got about to, um, looks like June of 2021, you kind of had some peaks and valleys and then it, it came up. Then right here is where you went ahead and brought um, shopware in. And now you've kind of leveled out or kind of plateaued where you built some consistency. Then it looks like you got used to it a little bit. And now your ARO and weekly revenue is going up again. And, you know, got a little bit of peak and valley in here and then kind of taken up. So, you know, you've had some huge growth. And as you say, you've kept the same staff and, and reduced your car count and grown weekly revenue and ARO at the same point. And, you know, you can't grow ARO and weekly revenue without going ahead and also growing the hours per day for the service or the technician. So, you know, there's a win there for everybody created. Yeah, in this business, it's up and down that because you're dealing with humans. So, you know, if I could have people out there that always did the same thing, 
every time it'd be even bigger, but you know, there's always something going on that throws a wrench in it. <clears throat> but all in all, yeah, I mean, the, the lemurs don't lie. Yeah, but what's really that. surprising to me is normally introducing a new tool either creates some up and downs and, and often more downs than ups because mm -hmm. the whole shop has to get used to it. There's training involved, there's questions. You were pretty stable. Um, yeah, it's I, that two young minds in the office that, that stuff, they, can, they, they got it. Okay. If I was doing it, I'd probably still be struggling a little bit. <laughs> but I really like the, the estimating thing because I did it, I've done estimates just forever. And the estimating thing, I go in there and knock out an estimate now pretty quickly. And you know, you and then you can check and then you can check the financials to make sure that your that your profit margins are supposed to be where they're supposed to be before you send it or you know, so there's there's just good stuff about it. The speed in which you can get it done is what's really, really good. So, so do you have the same the same staff of technicians uh, that you had when you moved over to Shopware? Yes. Okay, they've stayed exactly the same. Your whole staff. You've just you're yeah. trying to to phase out a little bit over time. Is that right? Me? Yeah, myself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I I love what I do, so I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I like coming to work every day still after all these years. So, you know, as long as that's coming on the Harley, right? Coming yeah, to work on the Harley, whatever way. It's a lot different when you don't have to and you just want to than it is when you have to get up and face it every day because you absolutely have to. So, um, you're enter entering a really good point now. It's really kind of interesting as we talked about in the pre show that you know your dad actually started out in the business then you took it over and now you've got your daughters in there so we got you know a multi-generational thing going on yeah well his business wasn't related to mine he, he had his own thing i i opened up my stuff on my own mm -hmm. but without his without all the mentors i've had over my lifetime it would have been more difficult than it was but um right. yeah now we're going through three generations and i think believe it or not women do a better job than men do as far as detail well i was talking with, with with krista and she was mentioning how our parts optimizer has helped bring up your parts profitability and is adding right. about 15 grand a month now to to the mix yes so that's also helping can you talk a little bit about that or about the optimizer yes yeah so i've always had a uh in my other program, there was a parts and labor um, section where, it, so you don't have to think about it. That's the problem. This is is not thinking about it. So when we put when we do the parts, it's automatic. We don't have to add anything, and it and it does definitely keeps our our goal at sixty percent. I mean, that's where I think we're at right now, sixty two percent. So <clears throat> we don't have to do it. It's done for us. Yeah. So it's out there re-looking at all of your data and you just said so how does optimizer look differently than a, than a standard point of sale system i mean they all go ahead and mark things up versus on a matrix and you know by gross pop and so what does the optimizer do different so the biggest thing with a traditional matrix is that it's it relies on the human so mark talked about a moment ago that you know with with humans there's errors 
And so what the optimizer does is it looks at all of the parts that you purchase and it can create an algorithm on how it can go out there and hit your target. So the math is done by the computer's brain unless by, by the human's brain. And you don't have to continuously toggle or make changes to the optimizer because it's analyzing your daily your data every every evening. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding on our optimizer, um, especially around the sales pricing. It doesn't ever take into account what you sell it for. It's only suggesting what you should sell it for. And so uh, a lot of folks think that it's going to go out and it's going to adjust and charge all your customers at the end of the month way more money than it should be charging to make up for the discounts you had at the beginning of the month. But it doesn't do that. It just tells you, here's what you should sell it for to hit your target. If you decide you want a discount for the rest of the month, you're never going to actually hit that target, right? Um, and that's based off of the folks in the shop. They need, to, they need to just set it and forget it. And Mark's shop is doing a phenomenal job of just letting it go out and price the parts versus overriding them uh, like we often do. Yeah, the problem an example be that it goes ahead and says that, hey, you know, I've looked up all these parts and put them on a work order. And I know my profit margin needs to be this. Do I press a button and it magically says you should change these on this work order before you get an approval to this range to make it work out? Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to, but let's say you sold 15 parts every month. Obviously, you're going to sell mm -hmm. more than that. But let's say you did. What, what the optimizer looks at is the fact that you've, you, you sell parts that you buy, let's say five at $5, another five at $10 and another five at $15. It goes and it looks at the cost of all those parts and the targets you need to achieve. And it will tell you, okay, you need to set the parts at these, at these rates in order to hit your goal. But if I, as the service advisor, you know, I'm, I'm sympathetic with, with one of my customers and I adjust five of those, those parts prices. Now my, I can't hit that target because I've discounted beyond what it's told me to. So it's just going to surface up what you need to sell it for. And, and it'll readjust every night by looking at, okay, what's the new mix of parts and how do I hit that goal? But again, if, if I'm constantly adjusting it, I'm not going to hit that goal. So it'll tell you. It could you be real handy, handy in today's marketplace with the price of parts going ahead and changing on a, on a by daily basis for sure. Well, we see our customers making if anywhere from 2% more to in some cases 20% more depending on the original starting point. And, you know, if the shop is, is you know, $10,000 $10, in parts, then that can be $2,000 plus. We both know high caliber shops aren't doing selling $2,000 in parts. So it can be a real game changer to the bottom line if folks just leave it as is. Let it do its thing and it'll make you a bunch of money. Well, I didn't know it changed. I was, the part picture I had before was set up. It just, everything was, you know, you had a dealer matrix and a, and a jobber matrix, but I didn't know it. I, I remember when I started, you said it it found, you know, it did its own thing. I didn't realize that's what it was doing. Yeah, it goes out. Good when stuff works in the background and you don't even know what. It, yeah, it's it, just it, it's just keeping keeping you going. 
Yeah, you yeah. just have to you just have to stop thinking about what you're charging because the your, your worst enemy is yourself as far as me. Yeah. Knowing, oh, you can't charge that much money for that oil filter. Well, yes, you can. So just that's what you have to do. You just have to and get somebody down there that doesn't know any difference. And really the optimizer makes shops pennies, nickels, dimes more on on the sale. It's not going out and charging hundreds of dollars or you know, an insane amount of money that your customer is going to notice. So those pennies and those nickels and those dimes across all of the part sales add up at the end of the month. And in Mark's case, it's 15 grand more a month, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Between the, the auto bottles, digital inspections, um, shop order, the way it presents to the customer and so on, basically you're presenting a different value proposition to the customer. You giving them complete transparency on what you're seeing. The service rider is, is editing it and using it to make good estimates and then letting the customer make good buying decisions. So, um, you know, working that particular route where you're actually getting approvals based on customers perceived value versus you need to spend $2,500 on your car and it needs this, this, and this without any supporting documentation. It, it makes a, a whole different picture from the consumer standpoint. Yeah. Customers need and want that transparency. It helps them to make informed decisions. And that's what we need them to do, make informed decisions. Because then they have no buyer's remorse if they're informed. And come back for the other stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I'd plus you generally. Mark, could you talk a little bit yeah. about your workflow in your shop? I know that you said that um, when we had our prep call that you'd like to go ahead and bring vehicles in for their, their full inspection or for the full appointment early in the morning, get the inspection done. Sounds, can you walk a little bit through your yeah. your process? So what we figured out is we're gonna do four to five oil changes that we're gonna, that we're going to make an appointment for because we have such a vast amount of different kinds of work. And those are gonna get done before 10 o'clock in the morning. So each guy, we they know that they may, they may have to do an oil change in the morning, they may not, but each oil change also gets a complete inspection and our inspections sometimes take 45 minutes but it's worth it um you know i see every time we seem to cut them down we miss so we're willing to sacrifice a little bit of time to make sure the cars are done so those cars get done first any kind of diagnostic stuff we try to get done before 10 too so we just figured out the right the right thing to do and it works 90 percent of the time it's working you know so it sets us up for the, the rest of the week. And the biggest thing is making the right appointments, maybe leaving one day during the week that's low on appointments to finish up the work you, you're gonna be selling. Um, it took us quite a while to figure it out because we were just saying yes to everything. You know, we're, we're it's, it's uh, that process is working. You know, and everybody knows, everybody's on board, everybody knows what they gotta do in the morning to get here and get it done. And typically the estimates are done before the car gets off the rack. So sometimes before, if we can leave it, we'll just continue on, do a brake job, do whatever maintenance they want us to do on the car. So um, that's so over the years you've changed from a do it, you know, fix the broken stuff to an appointment only shop. But you said you have uh, some exceptions you make for appointments that your, your staff is just told to say yes, you know, if it's a, a brake concern or, yeah, so or a safety concern. Yeah, if any, well, we get tow-ins, but we can't do anything about those. But typically, anybody calls with a brake noise, check engine light, overheating, 
an emergency, we call that an emergency situation. We always take them in. We get them a rental car. We get we figure out a way to get them on the road. <clears throat> we have a deal with the local rental company. It's 35 bucks a day for a car. So sometimes we'll pick it, we'll pay for that if depending on the repair. We can actually fit that into the repair sometimes. And so, you said this started around COVID, your whole process changed, right? So before that, you used to take walk-ins before before COVID. Well, then- we were we were still appointment based, but not so heavy. You know, we still wanted because because we were we were able to through auto vitals, you know, make the appointments before they left basically. They knew they were at an appointment already set up for their next service. So everybody's aware of it. So car count isn't usually an issue because we, we do that. And then we pre-look at everything before to make sure if we know what we did last time, if there's anything to be done, we kind of pre-sell it before it gets there to set up the day. And then if it's a new customer, we know we're going to spend more time with that customer. So it's just, it's just, um, I should put all this down on paper, actually. I'm making it, you know. Uh, no, you're actually doing doing great. So when I look at your numbers also, you're all over that three hour per repair order, you know, golden rule number that people like for an all, make an all model shop. Right. When you take an appointment, do you go ahead and, you know, new customer comes into you anticipated going to be a one hour appointment or do you say that no our process says i better leave this much room we usually just keep it in an hour and then work around that as far as whatever we see if it's something that needs to get done right away we're not gonna let them drive out of the shop so we're gonna figure out a way to keep the car you know right now the biggest problem is that we're booked out so far that we're saying no and it's not a good thing but a lot of my good customers can't even get it in for an all change so safety or breakdown gets done today or the car doesn't leave the shop and then anything else you go ahead and basically you can reschedule that for a later date? Yeah, if it's something that's maintenance, we'll just reschedule it for another time. We're pretty confident that they're going to come back. So we're, before the confidence level wasn't there because there's so many other places that could do it. But the way we do our stuff and the, 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 the with all the pictures and the reports, I mean, people know we're serious about what we're doing and um they we always get them no normally have to get them back let for maintenance stuff there's no reason why you can't but anything that needs to get done it, we do it we figure out a way to do it so it sounds like your customers trust your professionalism your level of skill and yeah. what you provide over going to the another a competitor and so they'll wait for you yeah. They have no reason to go anywhere else because we're in their face all the time, basically, you know, with all the, the stuff that we do. I wonder if you experienced the same thing that we did over the years. You know, you, you've been doing inspections since 2013. Does your customer, if you forget to do one, does your customer remind you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they want to know where they are. They, we'll always do some kind of inspection and send something to them because we didn't for a while and people go where's that inspection that you that you did they're, they're so yeah. used to it the, the greatest thing is when you send it to somebody that used to be at work in an office and they're showing everybody in the office what i sent to them i mean i think i don't even I don't, there's only a couple shops in, in my area that even use it i mean there, out of all this there's 120 shops within a five mile radius and i think there's only a couple of us that use it wow so, I mean, I'm in a center with 12 shops and I'm the only one that uses a digital inspection. So, you know, it's it's beyond my comprehension why they don't. 
So you're mm-hmm. saying that a customer, when they're at work, they they show their inspection report to a coworker and said, "Hey, look at what I got." Yeah. Then we get customers from that because it is transparent. Here, here's what your here it is, your choice. So I have two questions: yep. Is this is this driving in new business by folks talking about this experience? And and secondly, you say that you're the only you know shop that offers. Uh, this this process do your other and you may not know this but do you know if your shops in the area are also have a month wait time like like your shop no i don't the other shop is uh plastic independent which bruce nation who's uh we're friends we send each other work even though we do the same cars um we're the only two we feel we changed the automotive world in our town but very cool. That's that's our that's our mindset that we've really changed the the auto what what happens in an automotive shop in our town. And it's a pretty large town, even though it's small. But um, I don't know how else I could describe it. Do you attract a different type of customers now than you did in the past because of your process of drop off, inspect, you know, give them the information? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we don't have a Do lot. I- we don't, we don't have a lot of people that come in and we do free inspections for AAA and even those people, they're, they're at a different level too, you know, AAA people want it done right. So yeah, I, I'm with, with all the marketing that Autovital does all our uh, SEO stuff too, and that helps draw in a lot of people too. So can, can I go back to um, not allowing walk-ins unless it's the emergency situation how was it easy to make that decision for you because you know there's always i'm sending customers away basically right yeah it's still hard but we're working on a way like we're accommodating the customer by telling them to come by let's check your tire pressure oil and all that stuff to make sure you can go um you know the next for another week or two as far as check-in, if somebody has a check-in, like, come on by, let's check it real quick, see what it is, let's make sure it's not something that's going to be detrimental. Mm-hmm. If so, so we'll take that little bit of time to run, scan a car real quick to see. So that shows them that we really care too. So there's the right. little nuances that we do that nobody else will do because it's a new right. Stay with our concierge service. We'll pick people, we leave cars at people's houses, pick up their cars. That's like amazing. So. So we do that and that's a pain in the butt too but now we're 100 doing it well we've always been pickup and delivery but now we change it to concierge so and we only and we would control that three cars a day if need be but that's that's the methods we do so your process will be mammer sir i know that you have a warning light on your dash why don't you go ahead and come in let us go ahead and find out what it is and then after you do that so you said yes to him then you're you would assess it and say you know, it's a safety or breakdown concern. We need to fit it in now. Or can I schedule on Tuesday or Wednesday of, you know, next week or next month or whatever you've got a hole in your schedule? Right. Or I'll find, I'll send him to Bruce or he'll send me some. I'll send the shop that I trust. If it's an emergency that we just can't do and they can't leave it, then I'll find somebody for them to fix their car that I trust. I love, I love it when shop owners go ahead and work with other shop owners in, in their area to go ahead and become allies instead of competitors. Yeah. And it really works well for everybody concerned. Yeah, I don't have any competitors. 
<laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but but I mean, it strikes me we have come such a long way. You know, I remember the marketing carcound, 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 right? And everybody is a competitor. And now it's so different, right? I mean, carcound is going down and nobody breaks out into sweat even with COVID, right? So it was, it, it actually, I don't know how you feel about it. We talked to a lot of shops where COVID basically inadvertently or on purpose triggered the shop to spend more time on the inspection and voila, it paid off. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and so that must have increased the confidence that you don't need that many cars. Yeah, that's a hard one to drop because car count is king. But right. if, if you're doing it right and you're doing your inspections right and you're you have you you give a good customer service, you you can drop your car count, spread it out, and control it, mm -hmm. and, right? And make more money because you're paying better attention. It's a hard one to swallow because always been it's always been car count. But so, car, so count, car count's no good if it's $175 a ticket. Yes. <clears throat> you know, so Frank is dropping his Frank quote into chat. It is more car it is not more car count, it is making each car count more. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's it. That sounds like Frank for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't Thank have you, a lot of staff turn, turnover in your shop. So I'm wondering, does the fact that you're a digital shop go ahead and play into your retention part? And, you know, what do you think it would do for recruitment of new employees? Although that you didn't seem to have much problem um, dragging your, your daughters over into your, your side. Yeah, well, it, the, you know, I do look, I'm always looking to hire. And most guys that come in, I, I just tell them right off the bat that we're not a normal shop. We don't do things other shops do. And then I go over what we do. I show them what we do. And some of them are scared of it. Um, oh, really? Oh, you know, yeah. Some of them look at it and go, you know, no, thank you. <clears throat> they don't get it. But the ones that do, you know, and, I, and what I do to combat that is I have guys come in. I learned a long time ago. I have guys come in for three days. At least spend a half a day, hang out the shop, see what we do, see how we do it. So they're not moving their hundred thousand dollars worth of tools over there and all getting all in place and then hate it. So it saved me a lot of grief. Um, mm -hmm. I used to hire guys and have them come in and then they didn't like what I did because it, you know they didn't understand what we did. So that helps. That are your are your technicians younger? Um, well, I've got one guy who's maybe eighteen years, Tony. So. And I went through because of a bad service provider. I I left some guys left me with me over ten years. They couldn't take them anymore. So right now my guys are yeah I have the one yeah probably forty and under for the two. Okay. So the youngest one I have I think is the, well he's only twenty three. He's my he's the best inspector in the shop because he gets it but. <laughs> Because <laughs> he gets technology. Yeah, so I think most definitely. most guys that, that are working in shops. I mean, the guy that I hired recently has been two years. He left and then came back because he said that there's there's no organization anywhere. 
he likes the digital stuff. He likes the, what he does. You know, we treat everybody with respect. So that's another big thing, but there's just a whole, that's a whole nother. So we could be doing a whole separate topic oh, yeah. on um, how to retain your technicians and yeah. you'd be killing it on that one also, huh, Mark? Yeah. Yes, that's a whole nother three day talk. So I, I have two questions for you. Do you have any tips that you'd like to share for a shop to, that maybe isn't digital that needs to go, you know, what they should do? And then the second one to follow that up is, do you have any tips for somebody that would change from a point of sale that they've been using since 1984 to something that is like a, a turbocharged Ferrari? Yeah, run. Um, <laughs> well, if, if you're not doing digital, I mean, it's important now that the digital matches the management system because the, the way they, they intersect to each other. With my other one, I could not send the information. I couldn't, I'd have to copy and paste everything over with this one i just hit a button and all the, after we do, after we're done you know doing all our updates and changing the wording like you know the stuff that guys put in and fix the spelling and send it over it's it's instant so if somebody wanted to get into digital i probably would do that maybe first because doing doing them both together might be a little very it's scary some guys could probably mm -hmm. handle it. Um, it took me a year to switch. I mean, I, I just couldn't do it. Um, and I think Bruce still hasn't done it because he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to do it either. But I keep telling him, dude, do it. You're going to save so much time. Um, <laughs> and make so much more money. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, there's a, just a learning curve. So I think two learning curves and one thing might be a little difficult. Um, but if you just got down to digital inspections and got that all dialed in and doing the, the update on your program probably wouldn't be so bad. I mean, that's the way we do it. We already had everything, but switching switching from how long I've been, some people switch all the time because they're looking for something. I was with the same thing for so long. Like I said, though, it's uh, probably the second best thing I've done. It's How hard. did you discover your need to change point of sale systems? You know, a lot of people that get comfortable with something and then they say there's the same thing with the digital inspection. Some people get real comfortable with the paper inspections with the green, yellow, red. You know, what what kind of brought you down the path to go ahead and make a change for well, either one? Because of the, 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 the thing I had didn't have. Um, it was wasn't web based. Number one, I couldn't. I I'd have to go into a different way to to, to look for if I wasn't here. <clears throat> I and I like I like change. I like to do keep up with stuff. You know, it's scary, but you need to change to improve. Without change, there is no improvement. But what would, you, what would you tell someone who waited as long as you, or to not wait as long because you had it since eighty four to twenty one. So long, it's a long time. Would you have made the change before if you knew all of the benefits you would have received from making that change? Yeah, that's the, yeah, probably. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, we could, on my other program work, I could see, I could also look at a estimate before I send it out and make sure my numbers are right. But it was, it's just, it was old. It's like, you know, driving an old car and a new car, you, you know, you get the turn dial for the, radio or you can just push the button now you just talk to your car so <clears throat> change is always good but it is very difficult but yeah i would say don't wait or go with the management system first get that dialed in and then go you know go with the 
the digital, the digital inspections, the way I did it, that changed things immediately. That was once we got it, that that did a lot of change. And then now with the software and it's married together, it just saves so much time. It's so much easier. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just does. The, es it does. Like I said, the <laughs> estimating part of it, if I could do it, anybody can do it. Sometimes I'm a brick, so. So is did. There, is there anything you would have done differently with the DVI or with the shop management system, like something that you learned after that you can impart some wisdom on folks? So far that would as uh, either or the way you used it, some lessons you learned along the way, ways you could improve, uh, still, or just you're changing learning. your thought process, anything like that. No, I just do it. But I mean, it's something you're gonna, like I said, I did it slowly on the auto vitals. We, we got one in, looked at it, gave it to my best tech, let him critique it. You know, we went through all all that stuff, um, and maybe you need to do that if you if you're not if you're been around as long as I have. So you know, I would right, right now my recommendation is if you if you just got a shop and you're just opening, you start out this way. Don't start out little. Start out big. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're just it's just the benefits are just there. And you have to learn something anyway, so why not do why the not? big jump? Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of choices out there. Um, I think Auto Vitals is the best one that, that, because of the way it works. And same with Shopware. I mean, it seems to, I had, like I said, I had some issues with Shopware, but I'm learning. Got to change uh, my that. Dollars will not let me change it. So. <laughs> you got to change that thought process. It doesn't work. No, the way that you would have used another system because of all of the the benefits that you get with it and the way that it works differently. Yeah, the only way you're going to know is talking to people that do it. Number one, because you're not, you know, that's luckily I was on the ground floor of a lot of this stuff, so you know, you can definitely see a difference. What do you say to the shop owners out there that in the past, you know, they had a fear of cloud-based point of sale and inspection systems, you know, they wanted everything on their own little network in the shop and so on, you know, did that make you nervous going ahead and going full cloud-based or is it just something that that's the way the world's going and you're going to join right in with them? Yeah, I was very nervous about it because what if the, what if the system goes down, which it happens, sometimes stuff goes down, but the technology I think now is so good and Right now, I think the most downtime we've had is an hour on either system. I mean, it seems like, you know, and then, yeah, when you think about the cloud, all my stuff's floating around up there, somebody can grab it out of there, but I don't care. You know, this is, this is, if you want to work from home, I can work, I can sit home and do estimating if I, if they need help, I can call customers. I can do it on my phone on vacation. It doesn't matter. That really opens up more opportunity, especially if you're, you know, a lot of guys are, like me are going to step out or just have shops that they don't even work in anymore and then they just manage them so there's a lot of pluses yeah it's kind of interesting that you're trying to plan your exit strategy where you go and actually monitor from a beach or a beach house somewhere be able to see what's going on and only step in and let if they're going to burn the building down so to say yeah well if you have cameras in the shop you're there so with all this stuff 
if you had cameras in the shop, you could see what everything was going on. It's like you'd be in there. So you could actually be big brother there and uh, catch things. But it's all, it's just, it's the, and also that is where the direction is going. Everything's going that, or is that way now. It's not going anymore. It's just getting better and better. Do you have a timeline of when you'd like to be uh, completely out of out of the shop? I know you said you like going in, but five like years ago, <laughs> 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 I think in about uh, this two to three years, I think is going to be adequate. You know, for me, I'm already taking the time off whatever I need. I don't have to worry about it. That's so that's really has been my goal is just to come and go as I please. So. I feel comfortable enough now where I can actually just do that. If I want to take a week off to do it. If I don't want to come in, just don't do it. just don't come in. So and you yeah. put the right people in place to make sure you can make that happen. It's that's very smart. Yeah, that's the key. And everybody struggles with that. So I struggle with it. So it's kind of interesting in our prep call, you were talking about you're playing snagglepuss here, you know, building your exit strategy. And then in the other hand, you're saying, maybe I should go ahead and find another location. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That, that's my uh, entrepreneurial brain working. There's a lot of shops that are, that are, that are ready to stop and they're ready to quit. There's three guys around here right now that are ready to walk away. <clears throat> so the opportunity's there for me to exactly more space and I'm in an area where I can't grow, right? Unless I take other mm -hmm. businesses out. So and these are close enough. The problem before it was, <clears throat> it was 14 miles away, my other shop. So driving back and forth every day was not easy. But this is within a hundred yards, so it's Ooh, a, that's close. Yeah, real close, and it's a reputable guy that's been in business twenty eight years. So, okay, no, it's kind of interesting. We've had um, some shop owners they develop what they call a satellite facility where all their cars are actually dropped off and picked up in the in the one facility, and they take their larger repairs over to the satellite, so they don't have to go and have a full complete service advisor team in the other one. Anyways, um, we're going to see all kinds of different business models, you know, popping up over the next few years, I'm sure. Yeah, I had a satellite location for a while out the back, but that didn't work out too well either. It wasn't close enough. I mean, you're going towards the end of the, of the podcast, and I don't know whether my next question is going to blow it all up, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. What do you think about mobile technicians and mobile shops? Um, I've seen this over the years. Mobile people come in and out. It doesn't seem to work. Um, I mean, what can you do in somebody's driveway? Right. You can't do a good inspection in somebody's driveway. I mean, to me, picking up the car and bringing it in is better than mobile. Like. <clears throat> The, the mobile, there's some mobile guys out here now, some of those franchises. I don't see a lot of them. I don't, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to stand. And there's a lot of uh, communities that don't want people working on cars in their driveway, you know, yes. especially where I live. There's a lot of affluent people. And who wants a guy getting oil over your driveway? Well, they, I don't know how they do it if they lay a big rubber pad out or whatever. You know, it used to be you couldn't be mobile because you're driving around and have this waste in your truck. So, right. You know, and I actually checked with the BAR last year about it. As long as you have a brick and mortar, I think it, they said it's okay. You can do anything you want. Um, I don't know. 
So mobile mobile business to customer, in your opinion, doesn't have a, a really strong outlook. How about mobile business to business to do some specialized things like diagnostics, maybe ADOS um, programming, and you know some things like that. Yeah, that would that would be. There's already that already. We have you know, it's already there. Yeah, if we need a program car, we have a guy who comes out has every scanner known to mankind. He can program a car for us. Until we, we until we're doing enough to warrant buying the equipment, I'm not gonna, I'm, we're not going to do it. Um, as far as ADIS, there's a new company I just met at the ATI thing that's actually doing that. Well, they'll send you the they'll send you the equipment and they'll help you get it all done at a pretty pretty reasonable fee. So. When that first came out, I'm thinking, oh, now I need to get another shop just for that. But it's it's everything's changing and it's becoming smaller as far as how you do that stuff. So I don't know. I just think of mobile, full-blown mobile, maybe good for fleet work where they're, they're parked in a parking lot somewhere and you can go out and do oil changes for them. But there's been quite a few people over the years that I know that I've known that went mobile that are gone. I don't, think, I don't think it's a sustainable business. You have to wonder if they're gone or do they go ahead and just transfer into a brick and mortar facility after they gathered up a few customers? Yeah, I know one that closed and another one that did just that. He, he couldn't survive because you can't do anything. Inevitably, the car is going to end up in, your, in, in, in the shop to get fixed. So maybe attached, to, if I had a mobile thing attached to my business, the only thing we would be good for is to go out and tell the customer, yeah, we got to leave the car in what's mobile about it so yeah i'm not a fan of it i know everybody's saying it's the next future but i see the mercedes guy down here the mercedes benz dealer with a mobile truck that i haven't seen move in months so (laughs) it's sitting there like a big billboard so but the mercedes dealer tell you that's because our cars don't break but that's a whole nother story yeah well so we're getting down to the end here so i'd like to do what we always do is go ahead and mark if you could is there like a top three things that you'd like to advise the shop to do when it comes to going digital or changing to POS? And then we'll get Monique to go ahead and follow up with a similar question. Top three things a shop should do think about to prepare for changing for POS. Well, if you want the number one, if you want to make more money, um, I would definitely go to digital inspections. Just do it and just do it slowly so you don't get frustrated with it you know just take your time and then within a couple of weeks you're going to be implementing you know you're going to you're going to be implementing the whole program to everybody in your shop that that no matter who's whose digital inspection you use um as far as a management system you know that that's uh you know it, it, it don't I, wait 20 years Huh? Don't wait 20 years. No, <laughs> uh, it, it's just like when I joined ATI, if I would have, if I would have done this, oh, I've been ATI for 18 years. If I would have done it before that, I, I'd be even better off than I am now. So yeah, it's just, it's just, don't wait. You know, just, just, uh, if depending on what you're struggling with too, you know, I mean, if, if you're struggling with things, there's alternatives. Monique, your turn. Yeah, so I think Mark was the one who said it best, uh, and I don't know exactly his his word choice, but to to not go with something initially very basic, uh, to go and 
get a, a shop management system or whatever product that you're you're working to get in your shop that's going to help you to scale from the very beginning because changing systems is is rough and painful and you don't want to do that multiple times um and so you want to start with the right one in the beginning another thing that i would say is be open be open to doing things differently uh we've done things many 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 years the, the same way um, and, and in order to solve problems that are there that haven't gone away, you have to be willing to, to, to be open-minded and shopware works in a, a different way to give you a different result. Um, and outside of that, just know and be informed of what decisions and, you know, you're making when it comes to the shop management system. Those are my three. Uber, you have, have anything that you want to go ahead and, um, give us on our way out here um <clears throat> I, I would just encourage everybody to what, what mark just said either take your best tech and 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 prototype it in the shop environment and that goes for the service advisor and a point of sale the same way in my opinion right so have have somebody test it out instead of trying to be um the dictator so to speak so don't buy the tablets and set them on the bench and expect them to go ahead and do it themselves <laughs> right. awesome I, I bought just some tablets they were expensive don't drop them <laughs> awesome so i'd like to go ahead and, and thank both mark and monique for joining us here today and, and going ahead and sharing their journey and some information about you know transitioning to digital and changing a point of sale system I'd like to encourage those that are, are listening to invite another shop owner to listen in. Um, they can go to autovitals.com forward slash radio and see all the past episodes of, um, you know, 183 of shop owners and industry specialists just like them um, sharing openly. So uh, that being said, go out there and, and make some money. Go out there and wow your customers and, and make your um, staff happy in the meantime. Thank thanks you guys. So Have an open mind. That's right. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.